You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Right, what's happening, my my man? What is going on this today, this beautiful Wednesday? Lots to talk about. There is, but let me show you first my badge of honor, Mike. Look at that, bad boy. Okay. That's the first Moderna vaccination that I got yesterday. I am feeling good. I am feeling invincible right now. Like I can go out to a, a pool party in Vegas and. Start making out with some random girls, you know. I actually, I wasn't sure what you were going to show us there. Something of that nature. Nah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely uh, vaccinated. The first one, at least. Not looking forward to the second. John Stevenson uh, says the second dose sucks ass. Uh, I heard that it does. Uh, my Both my parents have gone in. And a couple people, I know a lot of people have gotten actually sick, so. You know, if, look, I'll deal with it for, for for a night or a day, but, you know, I feel better uh, the fact that I got it because I actually have a really close friend right now that's pretty sick over it, and I don't know if they're actually even going to make it. So it's kind of, like, somber. So, you know, a lot of bullying going on this week, though. Rob, speaking speaking of uh, – and not, not to get off on a negative note here – uh, but speaking of that uh, issue, the, the bowling world, uh, a huge loss uh, this week, you know, related to COVID. Um, Dude. You know, Mo, Mo Pinnell. Rob, like, I mean, crazy, crazy to hear that news, right? Crazy the impact that he had in bowling, right? I'm glad that you and I had the awesome and unique op- opportunity to uh, to interview him. And like our purpose of interviewing him, and you guys can all go check out the interview and our our past stuff. It's all online. Uh, Rob really was to get the story behind the creation of the uh, the 3D offset hammer, right? Which was a, a revolutionary piece of equipment in the bowling world, right? So we had some connections to Mo, and uh, we used those connections to get in touch with him, and and obviously. That interview with him like went all over the place. I mean, one funny one funny story that I'll tell that I think you'll share too, Rob, is that uh, like before we interviewed him, I called him and I had a conversation with him, and he was like, "All right, if you're going to interview me, you have to watch this video and this video and this video." So and, I, and he's like, "And tell your your partner that he has to as well." So like, I hung up and I called Rob, and I was like, "Yo, Rob, I'm like." We can interview Mo, but we have to do homework first. He gave us a home. So, you know, we went on. We did our homework. I think you could tell in the interview, and I think he could tell in the interview, too, that we did our homework there. Uh, so, Rob, that was an awesome opportunity for us to get to talk to somebody that Is it has had such an impact in the game. But Safe to say, Mike, that he, he could be considered the father of Flair? I mean, listen, I, I'll be honest. I'm not. I don't consider myself an expert in the technical end of bowling or ball drilling or ball construction, but I did know from the people who brought me up in the game and schooled me on the game that he was a guy who had done some revolutionary things in terms of ball 
bowling balls and ball construction, et cetera. And Rob, like when we interviewed him, I was shocked to hear a lot of the equipment that he was associated sumo. with that I didn't know about. Yeah. Right? I and, know he was a sumo guy. He, yeah. He so, sumo. And that's actually what he said was mm-hmm. a more, uh, even a more revolutionary ball than the, uh, the 3d offset 3D that offset. we wanted to talk. And that's why I said like the interview went all over the place. Right. So yeah, maybe um, I'll post it again on our, on our page. Yeah, I think we it's definitely like, should. I think we definitely yeah. should. Like, it was you know, great. Uh, you know, yeah, I had history wanna... with him. You know, bowling the super hoinky. He laid me out a bowling ball, Mike. Uh, only bowling ball he, he's ever laid me out, and he, you know, caught me and he laid it out for me. And Mike, I've never like, and I'm not just saying this. I've never seen a reaction like that until he laid it out for me. He watched me throw a few shots. He asked me some questions. He went in the pro shop. And he, it was like, he was like a fish in water, Mike. Like the guy was born and made to lay out and design and do bowling balls. And he was such a pioneer in the sport, in the game. Um, and he was also awesome to talk to. Stories for days. Just amazing, amazing guy. I, I was just honored that I had a chance to, you know, know him uh, and for him to actually lay me out a bowling ball and, you know, work with me a little bit was definitely an honor. And uh, the bowling industry lost a good one, Mike. And, you know, my thoughts and condolences go out to him, uh, his family and, you know, close friends. And yeah, for sure. That was unexpected, Mike. So yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah. Listen, I mean, he had his own ball company for a while. Mo rich, you know? Yeah. A lot of, yeah. a lot of high, I won a lot of high school uh, events and championships with kids throwing Mo Rich stuff in their hands. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Listen, like you said, Rob, I, you, you know, huge loss for the bowling world. There, uh, condolences to to Mo and and his fam- Mo's family, right? From uh, from everybody, you know, from everybody in the bowling world. I think that that was uh, that was clearly expressed when that news broke. So, all right, Rob. Uh, you know, like I said, not to get off to a, a somber start here, but definitely, you know, new noteworthy news that we wanted to cover from earlier this week uh, in the bowling world. Uh, there was some bowling action on TV over the weekend, Rob. Is that what you want to get into first? I mean, we have yeah, we have a plethora yeah, a of on, stuff to, to we, cover tonight. We, so we got to talk a little bit about the juniors, okay? First off, um, it was a very very good show. But I do have some beef with the show, and it had nothing to do with the juniors. Can I say something real quick okay. about that in terms of the quality of the show, right? Uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this, too. So I kind of want to start here before you make your, your point. Uh, uh, Jeff Rickles tweeted out that this show was I, – I, I, you know, I didn't know this, but Jeff's going to – oh, my God, Rob, he's going to roast me online for not knowing the specifics here, but – uh, I believe it was like either more highly rated than the previous show or one of the higher rated shows thus yeah. far. It was okay. higher rated. And I think two of the, two of the five region shows, it was like third. If he would compare it to the five region shows, I think it would have been like the third highest rated show. So I think it actually got two. It actually was higher rated than two of the region shows. Now, Jeff, look, if we're wrong, we apologize. Don't add us because I know you will. But yeah, it definitely had some better ratings than some of the men's shows. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, oh, I got I got a lot of thoughts. Uh, 
Uh, okay, and it's fresh on my mind because I'll be honest, I DVR'd it and I watched it last night, uh, so it's actually fresh in my mind. Um, and first off, the juniors are so much more entertaining for me than the adults are. Okay, uh, the one dude, uh, Nate Purchase was his name. Yo, when this kid was straight, yo, he was his self-talk. Mike was like, "I suck. This sucks." You know, don't mess this shot up. Like he sounded like an old junior bowler we know by the name of David Bukowski, if anybody knows that name from the past, uh, who was the most negative person ever, like could just, you know, just talk shit about everything that he did in his own mind. But this kid was like mic'd up and saying like, don't mess this up. They had the front eight. Uh, entertainment, uh, entertaining, I mean, was doing the shimmy when he was striking, was pointing at the pins. I mean, this kid was like, dude, I love this kid, right? He was crazy, and I loved it. Um, and he was doing team shimmy, and they were doing all this. And and then the other kid he was bowling uh, was really, really, I don't remember his name. I watched it last night, and I don't remember his name. It was pretty intense, but they were going back and forth. But, Mike, Jillian Martin, it, it, to me, stole the show because – this girl Spencer, had a Spencer Spencer Robarge. Spencer Robarge. Yeah. Highly intense, but wasn't laying down. And it was a very good match. They were going back and forth. They went to the tenth frame. It was close. It was they were animated. They were talking a little shit. Mike, this is exactly what I'm I need the adults to do. But the kids are 16, 17, they have zero fucks to give. And see Mike, that's 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 what I wanted to know from you. Like uh, you know, is is it and it was three of the five regional shows. I went and checked it, right? And, uh, you know, I thought that's what you would say. Like, well, yeah, it was it was entertaining because they were showing passion out there, which they were. Uh, and, and yeah, that's nice to see. You know, it really is. Um, uh, the, 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 the young people, Rob, I mean, the talent. Uh, crazy, right? But here's crazy. here, and we'll we'll get to that. Like J- the girl Jillian Martin, you know, the, like it was the first time on a, on like a really big televised stage, like you know, and, and I've seen her throw it before, you know. Yeah, we we could be watching like the emergence of a, of an all time great female bowler. But Dave Peak, how you see her oh, slapping yeah. out? Yo, she was oh. slapping out every shot, man. I loved it. But after you know, the and- win, after the win, like yeah, it, she she gave it a good one. I mean, yeah, that was like it. So the kids were were the stars of the show, right? Here's my beef with the PBA, okay? And that, you know, look, like, I hate being, like, down in the PBA, but there was no reason to have the adults bowl with the kids. There was no reason to bring in Kyle Troop. There was no reason to bring in Jester Svensson. There was no reason to bring in Danielle McEwen or Clara Guerrero. Now, there was a reason to bring them in. There wasn't a reason to have them bowl. I'll, I'll yeah, there wasn't a reason to second. have them. There wasn't a reason to have them bowl, right? Look, why not have a show with two girl matches, two boy matches? You have like a, a four-person step ladder for each division. Okay, let the let the juniors be the stars of the show because we all know, growing up as sixteen, seventeen-year-olds, and you coaching high school and being the self-proclaimed goat of Jersey high school bowling, that <laughs> kids sixteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old are the most entertaining people, kids to watch because they still love the sport. They're passionate. There's no money involved, right? But they're still, they want to win, right? This is their time to shine. 
bringing in these adult pros, there was they brought no value to the show. Okay, and I love Kyle Troop, right? He's entertaining, charisma with his pick and all that stuff, right? And all they did the double pick and all that stuff. But like, let the kids shine. Why? How, why bring in the adults? Make it a, a PBA Junior show and make it all about the juniors and let the pros, you know, do whatever they want to do. And I know you have a good point about what you think the pros should have done. Yeah, so I agree with you, Rob, that there's no reason to bring the pros into the competition, right? It's the PBA Junior Championship, okay? Uh, I think that you should spotlight the kids. You should spotlight the, the, the who the tournament is for. But I think that the pros should be there in the building. I think it's a cool, a really cool uh, feature or idea to have the pros show up especially yeah, yeah, for the yeah, final, for sure. you know, maybe even for some of the qualifying, you know, whatever they could do, however they could work it out. Cause Rob, let's be honest, you and I know, and a lot of our, a lot of the people that watch our show know as a young bowler, as a junior bowler, when a big name bowler shows up at an event that you're at, like it already makes that event and it puts an important stamp on that event. I think like it gives a different vibe to uh, a junior bowling event when there's big names in the building watching, you know, um, like, and, and even, even non-junior bowling events, I would say, you know, even amateur events, like if, a, if, if well-known professional bowlers show up to watch an amateur event, you know, I would say that that, that amateur event has a certain level of prestige just because those people are in the building watching. Um, you know, I, I think this is true in our own experience, Rob. Like whenever you and I bowled as juniors, if a big name was in the building, you wanted to light it up. Like you wanted to bowl better. You wanted to put on a show oh, because you knew you where knew they were. Also, there. You knew where they were at the whole. They could have been on lane one and you'd bowl on 36 and you'd make sure if you doubled, they knew you doubled from 36. You're 100% right. I knew that pro and I knew exactly where he was at all times in that building. Yeah, you know, so, but that's what you were when you were sixteen, dude. You grew up like I grew up watching these guys, like Danny Wiseman at the time. Uh, you know, Tommy Delutes, right? These were like heroes that lived on the East Coast. Danny Wiseman gave me my JBT Player of the Year plaque, and it was like, dude, I told, I'm like, oh my god, Danny Wiseman, right? Like, gave me my like trophy, like, and it's you know Johnny Petragula, right? Senior would come because Junior would bowl at the JBTs, and dude. Like this is the this is the goat. This is Johnny Petragula. This is the man, right? This is the action Brooklyn legend. This is like nostalgia. This is awesome. And you know when he was there, and you were near his son, you wanted to bowl as good as you could. So oh, everybody you could won the everybody won the bowl on Johnny Junior's pair. Everybody sure. won the bowl on his for pair because sure. then you knew like, so you, like you know you were gonna get the dad his dad's look the whole look, day. And all, I don't want to spend too much time because we got a lot to talk about. But all we I'm do. saying is. You know, they could have um, let the kids had their moment. And trust me, the kids would have brought it. And if it was even if you would have gave like these kids like Nate Purchase two or three matches. And I saw, look, like even Adele, Del Ballard or, or, or uh, Del Ballard's daughter was in the stepladder. And she won like three matches to get. And she lost in the finals before um, the, the second match to get to the finals. Dude, could you imagine been watching like Del Ballard's daughter bowl? Like, that's awesome, right? Like, and we didn't get a chance to see that because they had to throw some five frame match 
that no that meant nothing like really like meant nothing to so like not to the kids but to at least the fans it was just like a almost like a an exhibition mike when they 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 they, they missed a lot of opportunity to show some real competition from the kids right so i saw shep mentioning there in the chat shep ramsey that uh you know it, it's a little bit of a risk to have a, a show with just juniors for two hours and the pros brought some star power i get that you also shep mentioned the money seventy five hundred dollars rob can i remind everybody for a second about a guy named gary beck okay who runs a tournament called the Killer youth B. masters who Killer one B. time who at one time i think didn't he give out i don't you know again we're gonna get it wrong probably but didn't he give out like a fifty thousand dollar scholarship or uh, a four-year fifty thousand dollars scholarship or something like that, where they bold in something. In, he's in been known to give out some big prizes. Right? He's been Shep, known to give out some big Shep, prizes. Let me tell you something. I'll chat. You know, I'll put this out there for the PBA. That would be that would make this interesting enough to not have the pros on it. You know, and what better for bowling? Because listen, no, no disrespect to Gary Beck, but I feel like those shows that he did were kind of in a vacuum of sorts. Right, it was just this one event, and it, it really it was just him behind it. I think if the PBA could give out a prize like that to a junior bowler, and they could put it on on Fox or FS1, where and promote it, where a lot of people are going to see it, what better for bowling than to have young people see and say, "Hey, if I invest some real time and effort in this sport and money on equipment, uh, I could probably win this this." You know this kind of scholarship money for sure. So, you know, 100%. I think that would be awesome. I think it would make it more interesting. You know, up the money on that, Shep. I had that written down as one of my notes, Shep. Up the money on it. Let's see some some youth masters, Gary Beck. Uh, you know, money on top oh, of Mike. that tournament and see what happens. Okay, last point. The high roller used to used to run their show every year for for a hundred thousand dollars, and it was always for unknowns. That would bowl for a hundred thousand dollars. Go back and watch those, but go back and watch those shows, right? Because the the, the high roller shows were were really entertaining because they were tough and they were uh, bowling for, for a lot, lot of money. money. Yeah, mm -hmm. no doubt. And and pre right, and there's pressure, and like you know, pressure brings out certain things in people. I get you. All right, Rob, we got to move forward. John Stevenson is lighting up the chat. Rob, he said the PBA needs to invest some cash into that website first. We're oh, we'll get to there. that. We're getting there. We're getting John. there. We're on. We're on the road. We're on the high. We're on the highway to hell to the website. This is. This is gonna. It's going down tonight. We are. All right. So, Rob, uh, it, the best week in bowling. We're in mid swing, of the best week in bowling. Okay. Uh, PBA don't Wednesday. think so. Yeah, Flow Bowling don't think so either. Apparently, <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that too. Oh, but anyway, there it, uh, starts. it starts. It's the, it's the best week in bowling. Uh, we're mid-swing, right? They're wrapping up the cashers round of the world championship as we speak here. Um, the we have shows on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You still have the finals for the uh, three pattern tournaments. You got the match play for the world championship, match play for the doubles coming up over the next couple days. Lots of bowling left. Lots of bowling already taking place. Many, many storylines out there, Rob. Okay, this is what we do. We we pick the storylines, right? And and Rob, we've been hitting on them lately. Okay, we've been hitting on them, right? Between it's a little inside joke, but we've been. Hitting. <laughs> I'm still looking for the Bill. Bill, I'm still looking for them. I don't know. We'll talk the about double that standings. Yeah, where are the double uh, standings? Great the response to my tweet, by the way, about yeah. 
hey, what's the highlight of the week? Wrong answers only. I think Billy put out there uh, excellent coverage of the doubles. <laughs> okay, so, so we'll talk about it because I, I don't think a lot of people follow it as daily as we do. So we, we have to break it down to the people listening and watching what we're talking about, okay? Because Yeah, here's what we're know. talking about. The PBA website stinks. It's a disgrace, okay? <laughs> so uh, bad. The, the, the access to the standings and the scoring stinks, and stinks. it's a disgrace, okay? It's terrible. And that's, that's not just for the fans at home. That's for the players at the tournament, too, just to be clear, because they, they have a hard time following and finding the scores, okay? Uh, the, the access to game-by-game standings doesn't exist, and that stinks. Links on the front page of the website – for scoring for a tournament that's going on don't exist. That stinks. Okay. You want to keep going, Rob, or yeah. Uh, Oh, Oh, and the double scores. Yeah. Don't even bother looking for those. Cause they're nowhere. Are they're they nowhere. bowling? They're like, nowhere. It, yeah. It's, it's bad. And I put a post up on my tweet on my Twitter account. Like, and it wasn't a knock on, it wasn't a knock or a troll on the PBA. It was like, I tagged them and said, I wanted to know personally. I was asking if Bill was still bowling with Belmonte. I didn't know, you know, and I I really wanted to know because look, like Bill is the reason why I watch a lot of the, what I watch on Flow. Um, and I was curious, and I couldn't find anything, Mike. And it was like the the third day of like bowling and the, and the animal patterns. And someone put a post up, and I think it was Brett Spangler put a post up and was like. You know, this is a really important day because the last block for the last day will will determine the world championships, the top sixteen of that animal pattern, and also the mem- the, the the doubles. And I'm like, how am I following along on who's going to make the doubles if I don't even know who's paired up with who? So I went on the website and I went through that black hole of they call a website. And I'm clicking on links. I found myself on some I don't even know, like you know. God only knows what other page I ended up landing on, some advertising page, and I'm like Xing out. I'm clicking on schedule scores, and I'm like, there's no roster for doubles. And I tweeted it, and I set off a little like, you know, where is the double score? And then Bill chimes in, and then, you know, Spanger, everyone chimes in like, yeah, where is the double score? I got some text messages from some people. They were like, yeah, we're bowling, and we don't even know who the double scores are, and it's the third day. I'm like, holy crap, like. Talk about a shit show. Like, it John sounds St- like, you know, people are being nice in the chat. John Stevenson, you're right. They're guys, they are a professional sports organization. Okay. Come on. Show me another professional sports organization with a website that sucks. Really? I mean, this is a, a the, it's the biggest week in bowling, and you can't find a clickable link on the front page of the website to see the scores for these events. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Come on. Are they even trying or do they not give a shit? Because it seems to me like they don't give a shit. I'll be honest. Yeah, like, something's like, not right. This is, guys, this isn't brain surgery, right? Like, there's a CEO of this organization. They're a major corporation, okay? I'll bet you if you go to Bolero's website, all the pages work. And uh, yeah, whatever whatever you're supposed to do, you can do, okay? So, so like, I'm not letting them off the hook for that, all right? Pe- people seem like in the chat they want to let them off the hook. I'm not letting them off the hook. I want a better experience on the website. I want easier scores to find. You know, I, I, come on. This how, isn't hard. How about, but we, my, Mike, coming from somebody who has a degree in web development, okay, which I do, 
It's a master's degree, okay? So I'm not talking like an uneducated idiot here, all right? A user-friendly experience, okay? Chapter one of website building, okay? Make, uh, build links that work and make it easy navigation for users to find basic information they are looking for. It's not hard, okay? Look, and I'll be honest, this- like, I don't think, I'm sorry to cut you off, Rob. People are going to give me shit for that. But I, I don't think, do. I don't think that, that much of this speaks well. I just don't like, like, come on. If, if this, if, why is there not a better investment in something like that? Rob, I'll transition the conversation over to flow. Okay. To speak <laughs> to that. All right. Oh God. Here we go. No I love it. Let it rip tonight, Mike. No commentating. What? Like what? What? No comment. But listen, I'm going to tell you something. They probably have 30 people that they're paying to be there, uh, and they're probably paying them 15 dollars an hour plus meals just to click in scores. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, like the, the the coverage was bad. I'm sorry. I'm just being fair. The coverage was bad. Like a lot of the pairs weren't covered. Rob, I didn't get to see much of Bill competing. It was only like a game no. here, a game there. I hate I know, that. I know. A lot I of the quality that. of the cameras seemed to be lacking to me. I don't know what the story is behind that, but a lot of the quality seemed to be lacking. Uh, there weren't as many problems as there were last week, but just overall the quality to me didn't really seem to be there, especially with no no commentating in the booth. I mean, really, to like sit there and – and not even have the option of listening to to somebody or you know having a player in the booth or something, I don't know. It just doesn't speak well. Like again, does that seem like that organization is uh, you know constantly trying to build a better product, or does it seem like we're headed in the other direction, right? And I'm well, just being fair because yeah. Rob, when they when they made changes that were good changes, you know, I gave them credit for that as well. Okay, yeah. So. Uh, I don't know why there's no people in the booth this week. That's really odd. Uh, something's not right with that. Uh, I mean, look, it's the World Series, right? Mike, the biggest week of bowling, according to you, and there's nobody in the, the commentating booth. Not that I'm complaining because I've been on the record saying that I usually listen to flow without any audio, uh, which is true. I don't. Um, unless I do listen to the audio when it's like the final two games and I want to know like score updates because the commentating that'll they'll give you score updates while you're watching one match they'll say well so and so bold so forth on this pair and then you know then they'll do hopefully can do some math for you and then you could keep you up to date on what's going on on the pair you're watching okay that's really important because if i want to get the whole experience of watching on the i got to know like okay uh bill needs a double to make the show because Simonson on lanes 32, you know, went 190. Now Bill needs it to, like, those are important facts that need to happen, okay? I don't need their analysts of what's going on. Like, I, for, but for us, we could do our, we could do that ourselves. But Mike, there's a lot of people out there that are watching Flow that don't, that need that commentating. They need that, like, people giving them informative, uh, you know, good information on the shot, on the equipment, on, you know, what the pro, like what's going on with the pros. There has to be some kind of commentary when, you know, these pairs are getting streamed. So, yeah, it seems like it is kind of going the opposite direction. But the PBA is on TV now all the time. And the, the money is pretty good on these tournaments. So I don't understand. It's weird. I don't understand what's going on. 
it's not like they're not on TV. Now they're on TV more. The prize funds seem to be bigger, but the quality of the tournaments and what's going on with the scoring and the website seem to go down. So I thought, look, I thought Coley had a dream team of marketing. Isn't website part of marketing? Isn't that your main, like, isn't flow content a major part of your marketing of the PBA? But they have a dream team. So what is the what is exactly the dream team doing? Could someone tell me? I like to know. Well, what what you know you what like you're not putting money in the website. You're not giving money to flow. You're not trying to make flow better. I don't know if that's something they can do or if that's a flow issue or what the miscommunication is. But something's not right. So what are the what is this dream team doing, Mike? John Stevenson in the chat again. John Stevenson's hitting all the right notes tonight. Love it, John. Says uh, something seems very off, John. You kind of took the words right out of my mouth, and that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Like I, I, I and listen, I want to be clear. Uh, this this is not based off of uh, you know any kind of information I have, etc. But I, listen, I wouldn't be surprised to hear big news or big developments in some way changes, right? In the uh, next six months, right? In the next six Three months, months or so. Three, six I, I wouldn't months. because. Because so, something's something's not adding up here. You know, hey, some, real quick. Add up. Yeah, I do got to throw a shout out to my brother Jeff because I think Jeff would be a very, very good commentator. Uh, he's got um, – he used to do Columbia uh, women's basketball. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. He was the play-by-play guy uh, and he's very smart about bowling. So, Jeff, man, I agree with you. You would be a really good commentator. But, of course, you would need me in the booth with you you know, to, 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 to bring the entertainment value. And then you, we could throw Mike in there. We could be like the, you know, the, you, you could be like the smart guy. I mean, Mike will just make fun of everybody. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I saw, I saw David Tolson here saying the money is being invested in the players, not the website, but Dave and, and David, I understand that. And I, and we gave the, the PBA and its leadership much credit and, and much due when the prize funds came out and when we saw the prize funds, especially some of the bigger ones, right? But but to think that you're just going to simply throw money and that's it and that's going to be, you know, that's going to resolve everything or that's going to uh, keep the fans happy or, or keep the fans engaged, really. Let, let, me, let me use that word because that's a better word. Keep the fans engaged with your product. I think that's a really lazy way of looking at things. I'll be honest. I, I don't. I don't think that that's a, um, a a very proactive way of going about things. You know, I really think you need to to be more proactive. Uh, now, I also see some see some people hating on flow. Dude, chat room is lit right now. I man. know the <laughs> chat room is crazy, right? So, like, I I gotta say, I don't want to be too hard on flow. Like, usually, I'm very happy with their coverage, but as of late. As of recently, especially these last few events, or I'd say like the kickoff of the season, it definitely seems like the coverage has been uh, lacking. Lackluster. Yeah, compared to what it has been. And the trend with flow was that it was constantly getting better, right? But but now it seems like it's trending in the other direction, and that's why I kind of agreed with, uh, with John Stevenson's comment there, you know? So, all right, Rob. We can't spend all night being negative and talking about uh, the, these types of things. Uh, the, top six, the top 16 is wrapping up soon, so we're just kind of waiting for them to post the scores of the last game here, if it ever happens. 
we we might just have to go off of what's there. Mike, real quick though, here's a great ahead. here's a great point. Sports bowling productions commentating could be totally done remotely, hundred percent. You could have put me and you remotely, and we could have been doing commentary. My commentating days are over. I'm retired as a commentator. Yeah, but remotely, you can't get in any trouble doing it from your own house. <laughs> yes, you know, oh, yes, you yes, can. You can. Yes, I'm you can. I want to be clear. I'm done commentating. I'm never doing yeah. live commentary again. No chance. Yeah. Um. Look, like, and I just want to make this real, real clear. Like, Flow does have some really good content. They've done some really good things with the marketing of the players, doing the background stories, the Simo documentary, the Belmo documentary. Uh, you know, they need to probably do keep doing that but yeah the live coverage of the events uh it's just seems to be off the last few uh weeks well i'm I'm like to give them the benefit of the doubt or maybe i like to see bolero uh you know and and put more invest more money into flow or 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 something in that nature i don't know how the relationship works with the financing of who does it what whatnot but okay yeah anyway People are suggesting that the reason that there's not commentary is because they couldn't bring somebody in for COVID reasons. I got to say, I think that's wrong. Uh, I saw some, uh, you know, and I'm not, I'm not putting people's business out there, et cetera, but judging from what I'm seeing on social media, it seems like they have parted ways from the person who was doing the commentary previously. Okay. And if you, you know, if you know who it is, whatever, you go check them out on social media and see what I saw, but it's pretty clear that they, that they have parted ways. So, uh, they parted ways with that person. Doesn't seem like they got a replacement, whether it's on site or virtual. Uh, and yeah, I agree. I agree again with this comment. Uh, there, there are tons of bowlers there. Yeah, Simonson, Belmonte. Yeah. <laughs> Simonson and Belmonte are two of the names I could think of. Right uh, off the top of my head. So, so should we go there, Rob, and talk yeah, about sure. some of the yeah, some of the shock, some of the shockers from this week? Right. It's a good segue. And I keep seeing in the chat room, everyone's really like giving Bull TV props on their stream. Dude, Bull TV's got a good product, you know, when it comes to their quality, their content, and what they do. Um, now, is it something I want to pay for to watch the women? I mean, I, yeah, I do want to get it, but I don't, I, I mean, I barely, I, I barely have enough uh, time, and I know people are going to laugh at me, but I barely have enough time to watch Flow these days. So maybe there has to be something. I don't know, done, but okay, enough of that. Let's talk some big names that didn't make it to the cashers round of the world championships, Mike. Two of the top names that go on the top of my head right now, Jason Belmonte, Anthony Simonson. I mean, Mike, if I told you before the World Series started that I didn't think Simo or Belmo, either or, were going to make it to the world championship cashier round, what would you have told me? What would the odds have been on that parlay? No, you, you, I don't even know, Mike. It would ten thousand to one. It's wild. Why? I mean, it's wild to think about, really. And listen, I wish <laughs> I wish that there were many more like uh, analyst type bowling shows like ours, Rob, where that where we were just like a, 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 a you know less of a a voice there were more voices right because then i think we could go more over the top and there'd be a constant competition for who could say something crazier but we don't really have that in bowling right but i really like i picture this in terms of the sporting world in general and like a stew or a um uh 
man, people compare me to him too, and now I forgot his name. Uh, the guy from ESPN from the 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 Wake Up show. No, from the 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 from the show with. Uh, I'm just uh, trying to think of large guys in ESPN. No, 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 no. They they because of, because of attitude. <laughs> Nonetheless, Pika. Uh, <laughs> you know, so. Uh, my my point being, you know, sometimes like you feel like, oh yeah, you want to try and up things and say something even crazier. And, like I could, <laughs> I could picture somebody saying something like, uh, you know, oh, but you know, Belmo's oh, done. Skip Bayless, Bel- You're- Skip, Skip Bayless, Bayless. Skip Bayless. Yeah. Like oh, if you want to Skip Bayless take, if you want to Skip Bayless take on this week, it would be, but you know, Belmo's done. His reign is over. You know, it's done, and yeah, like yeah, that's know. such that's such an extreme take. You know, uh, know. so so like, but listen, I, I and and look, bowling is a cruel game, man. Bowling is a cruel game, right? Like, it's a humbling game. You know, you you can you can have great runs, you could have great weeks, you could you could have long runs that are great, but occasionally the game the game is going to bite you in the ass. You know, and uh, and and you know it happens to everybody. So like, I think every Every bowler is entitled to a few bad events or a few bad weeks here and there. Uh, you know, you learn from those experiences, I think. But, yeah, you know kind of, of, of shocking to not see those names, Rob. Well, Belmo missing the cut reminds me of if Tiger Woods didn't make, like, the Masters of U.S. Open cut in his prime. Remember how big of a story that was? Because you were so used to seeing Tiger in the final round, on the final, like, top eight or top six of a, of a U.S. Open or a Masters uh, going into the final day, and if he didn't make the the final cut to Saturday and Sunday, it was a huge story. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch Belmo that much, but I feel like you know, look, the shot. If anybody wasn't watching, the shot they were hard. Okay, they were they were tough. There was no forgiveness in the middle of the lane, uh, and if they cut anybody who cut cut it short early. Uh, it went through the nose. And if you notice, there's some straight players that uh, have been bowling well. Walter Ray, uh, you know, Tang. I mean, these are guys that are normally not Tang, but more Walter Ray, right? Like, it shows you that uh, Jake Peters, right, is having a good a good, good, good run out there. It just shows you that they, the straight was in. It could play for the first time in a really long time. Uh, and... I, I didn't get a chance to watch Belmo that much and Simo because I don't have the option when I tune in the flow to watch who I want. Uh, I just watch uh, who they make me watch. So I don't really know what happened, but uh, knowing Belmo and knowing his like men- mentality, the kid is going to be leaving or going to the next tournament super pissed, super angry, He's going to work out his issues. He's going to find a way to practice and really, really come back strong. And, Mike, it's two to one that he makes the next show of the tournament he bowls, which is probably could be the doubles, right? Um, don't- well, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't know because the doubles is in the same center, right? And then you have, like, the U.S. Open and the Masters. And yeah, but he's got our boy carrying him, man. He's got our boy. He's got our I boy know, putting him on his back. Th- this, this, this bowling center – it's brutal, yeah, man. Brutal. Yeah, yeah. This bowling center is brutal. So, like, I, I, I feel, I feel for the guys who struggled. Oh, with the here we go. Center, right here we go. The Skip Bayless takes are coming out, Jeff. 
Is Belmo still in his prime? Obviously, he's not close to done, but he's on the downside of the hill yet. This is the second major in three months he has got. I mean, look, like that's a pretty high have, standard, Jeff. It's it's a slump. It's sl it's a slump for him, but and he's still. You know, he just made a made show. the show at the TOC. No, I know. He just made the show at the TOC. Come it's on. He was one, for him. He's like it's couple shots away from winning that match and moving Yo, on. You like, know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of when Floyd Mayweather got punched. Like, when he got punched once in a fight, they're like, oh, Mayweather's done. He got punched. Dude, if you could remember the time that he got punched, dude, you're, you're, you're greatest of all time, man. When you, when you know when Belmo misses a cut, that's how you know you're that great. Yeah, I think um, that's a that's a severe overreaction. We'll talk in we'll talk in the end of this year and see what the end we'll see what the end of this year brings. No, honestly, no, not even can't can't even this year to me is like you got to chalk it up. There could be numerous reasons why someone's not performing at a peak level in you know in this calendar year. I think you fast forward to next season, and if we're still seeing the same thing, then perhaps that conversation is something to have. Is he but still in his prime? It's yeah. a good question, Jeff. Yeah, I, think I think he is in his prime. I think he is. I think yeah. he's in his prime still. I, I don't think he's fall. I don't think he's falling off. Well, he's someone who's someone who's not in their prime, Rob, is Walter, Walter Ray. Ray. My uh, man, Walter, dude, I love it. I love Walter seeing Walter Ray. Up there. The, the, the top sixteen. The top sixteen is set, Rob, and Walter Ray is in ninth. Okay. Yo, Walter Ray is in ninth. But I, Eric, that is a great question. No, I don't. I think it's the house. I think it's the way the house is playing. I don't think the PBA got together and said, hey, let's shut down our most marketable players. I don't think they would do that. Simo and, and Belmo are their most marketable players right now. Oh, Frankie didn't make it either, Mike. That's right. No so, like, mean. and that's surprising because the straight looked pretty good this week. So, like, that's how brutal they, they were. You, Frankie. And Belmo didn't make it. Frankie and Belmo are completely two opposite ends of the spectrum in the lane play. But to your answer, Eric, no, I don't think they got together and said, let's shut the two-handers out. I just think this bowling alley is just – just. I mean, it, watching these players throw it and carry and, oh, man, it looks – when you get to the pocket, you can't strike. And then when you miss, you miss. I watched Bill pick three off the right today at the cashier's rounds. I watched guys throw gutters when they were sliding the left gutter. I mean, they were they were brutal out there. And, you know, Eric, I'll say this. Um, you know, it, the, when you lay these patterns out, like, you could say we're going to – and, Rob, we've talked to numerous bowlers about this. Bill being – I know his opinion is very strong on this. Uh, Eric, if you lay out the pattern, quote-unquote, cheetah, and you lay it out at five different bowling centers, it's going to play five different ways. You know, completely. I mean, the characteristics are going to be the same, but the specifics of what someone might have to do to, you know, put up high scores or keep up with the kind of scoring pace that you're going to see in these events uh, is not going to be the same, right? So I think that's a fair way of putting it. And Rob, the other thing we saw this week is that even though they were tough and even though the scores were low, right, there were still guys averaging 240 and almost, I mean, the Scorpion scores were low. Tom Doherty was the only one that averaged 220, which is like shocking. But the other two events, you know, 240 was kind of the pace for the for the guys up top, just below 240. I still find that really high. And I think what that says to me is no matter what you put out there, 
when you have a, an elite field and it's kind of a short sprint on some of this stuff, guys are bound to whack them. Yeah, I mean, look, like there's still, it, it was still there. Like on certain pairs, it was still there. I feel like on other pairs, it was like there was no, there was no way to get out of there above a two two zero. And then when they they the other when the pairs when the pairs would move, all of a sudden that same pair, everyone starts bowling to twenty two thirty, and then they go to the next pair, and you're back to like they're struggling one eighty one ninety, and I feel like. Pair to pair, they were just brutal for them, and uh, you know there was also uh, some comments on twi Twitter about the pairings never changed, Mike, and the crosses never changed. You want to talk about like terrible? Like imagine, imagine having to cross, uh, you know, with three two-handers, you know, every game of the squad of, of every tournament like that just didn't make any sense to me so or follow the same people follow the, i'm following the, the same, same people way. it's not it's not fair if if i'm a righty and i'm a straight guy and all of a sudden i'm following three two-handers all throwing urethane and the guy to the left of me or, or two pairs down for me is not and he's following you know some people that are throwing surface on the on up five i don't know all i'm saying is there has to be a better way to for everyone to be able to just cross uh, and put a good mix out because it's not fair to these bowlers that have to have the same crosses every game. It's terrible. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree, Rob. And and, and there, Rob, there was some discussion about that on social media. Today. Five days, Jeff. And, and we're uh, you know we're 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 trying to follow up on that, so we'll we'll yeah, get yeah. back to people on that as well. Uh, all right, Rob, let's go over the top sixteen, shall we? Because people people in the chat are kind of. Oh, Talk world championships! They're they're done. Yep, yep. It's set. okay. All right, here go we go. From, wanna, okay. oh, who are you going from? Sixteen or one? We're going. We're going. Uh, yeah, let's go sixteen to one. That's a good okay. idea. Let's go sixteen to one. All right. Sixteenth <clears throat> plate. Well, actually, tied for for fifteenth place. Ooh. At plus four sixty. Uh, Kyle Sherman. Okay. Uh, tied for fifteenth place. Three. Again. Uh, Zach Weedman, the Weed Man, sixty, the yeah. Weed Man. Somebody just mentioned in the chat, and let me say, I, I I put it out on Twitter earlier in the week. Yo, this guy has impressed me. The Weed Man, dude. This guy has impressed me. Now, somebody just also asked us in the chat, Rob, if we talked to Bill about the lanes this week, and I actually did. I talked to him uh, after the practice session. Uh, was completed, and you know I'm not going to get too into to everything we talked about, but I will say that he mentioned that the front part of the lanes hook a lot in this center, and that was probably going to mean that you know uh, guys weren't going to be able to stay right very long, and the lanes were going to carry down very quickly. And I think that's kind of exactly what you saw, where guys were really struggling to get the ball to face up down the lane and and, and carry consistently. Right, so I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know if like if it, I, I don't, I don't know Zach Weedman's game a lot. I don't Weedman. know, but, but I'm saying like I don't know if that contributed to his really great performance here. But I mean, for as tough as they, as tough as they were to make this top sixteen as a new guy on the scene, yo, shout, shout to Zach Weedman and Rob. Let's be clear, he stood us up on the show, and I'm still giving uh, him a shout out. 
He didn't so, stand us up. He just declined an interview, man. You're just still bent out of no. shape. He declined it, man. It's not like he told us he was coming on and he didn't show like this some other true. pros. This yeah, is true. You know, this is yeah. true. Yes, yes. All right. The weed man. 14th though, place. 14th place, Sean Maldonado, plus 479. Okay. Wow. 13th place, Kyle Troop, plus 489. Two-hander, two-hander. 12th place, Dick Allen, plus Dude, 493. He grinds, man. He's a grinder, that guy. Not surprising at all that he's no, in the top 16 no. with as tough as they were the, uh, this week. Not surprising to see this guy either in the top 16 with as tough as they were. You know, Rob, you mentioned how the straight uh, was was kind of at an advantage this week for how tough they were. Eleventh place, Dom Barrett, plus four ninety six. He's been having a, he's been struggling a little bit this yeah, year. So good to see him. Good to see him making a yep. run here. Tenth place, BJ Moore, plus five oh one. Rob. Wow. Okay. Okay. You're going. Ninth, ninth place, the goat, Rob Walter Ray. Ninth place, huh, my man? Ninth Yo, place, plus five oh two. Okay, plus 502, uh, about 170 off the show. I would, you know what? I would love to see Walter make the show um, just oh because goodness. he made that announcement that he thinks he pretty much he's going to retire from the PBA, uh, like Young People Tour. Do imagine going out, winning this major, the world championship? That, that would be amazing. That I would, would be going out. That would be like Rudy S getting carried off the field. It would. Know? Uh, okay, eighth place. Oh, and let me say, if this really is it for Walter Ray, he deserves the highest of honors for his retirement. Okay? Yeah, he and should I get him on the show. I sincerely mean that. I hope that the PBA and its new leadership and new ownership absolutely do right by him. Uh, the guy was the face of the tour, the name of the tour for a long time. Rob, we grew up watching him bowl, watching him win many a Sunday afternoon. He did an interview with Flo this week, the same one you're referring to, and he said, well, I had a good run. And I stopped the interview. I'm like, yeah, I had a good run. Corrected, I mean, 71 off the show, according to Shep Ramsey. Wait, hold on, 71 off the show. Oh, you're right. I was looking a spot above. You're right. You're right. It is 71 off the show. Oh, my man. What is that? There's a lot of games left, though. 16 okay, there games. Is 16 so. games. All right. Eighth place, Chris Vi, plus 511. Seventh nice. place, Tommy Jones, plus 524. Sixth Don't place, AJ Johnson. AJ, man. 558. Wow. Fifth place, our guy, Bill O'Neill, plus 573. Wow. Fourth place, he's back, Rob. He's back. Chris Prather. Plus six fifty. You know he wasn't going away. And now I gotta say, Rob, listen to the separation. Are you ready for the separation between fourth place and third place? Okay. Uh, Fourth place, Chris Prather, plus six fifty. Third place, Jacob Buttriff, plus eight oh six. Wait, is Buttriff the only lefty in the top sixteen? Yes. Impressive. Let's talk about that. Impressive. And he's third. Third. And he's 156 above fourth. Dude, he's the only lefty that made the top 16. That's that's unbelievable. Really, if you think about is, it. Is it, though? Is it? I mean, yes. his game is so unique. 
It is, but and that's why it's so great. You don't think so? Come on, give the kids some. I oh, I give them yo mad props. But believable. I'm, I give mad props to anybody that made this top sixteen. But I'm just saying, I don't. I I don't know if you can if you can so easily categorize him in with the other traditional lefties in the field with the way he throws it. Well, where's where's yes where's yes where he's normally he's unorthodox. He normally bowls great when the lefties struggle. You know, no, there's disagree. A- disagree. Uh, Yesfer is is orthodox for a lefty in the sense that he plays up the lane and he plays close to the close to the first arrow. I think okay. that makes him, you know, traditional in terms of a lefty. What makes Buttriff non-traditional is the fact that he never plays up the lane and and never plays uh, close of an angle to the first arrow. Would you agree? Yeah, he's well, his. His rotation, his angle, right. like doesn't allow him. You can't play left. You can't play that right. far left. Okay. All right. You ready? I'm Second ready. place, Rob. Second place. I'm gonna go third place. Jacob Buttriff, eight oh six. Okay. Tom Darty, second place, nine fifty five. Jimbo, another, another hundred and fifty pins. Okay. okay. First Who's place. Leading? First place. EJ Tackett, plus a thousand. 45 pins above Darty. So there's yeah. some serious separation there between fourth and first, I would say. But when you get down to fifth, okay, there is only 113 pins between fifth and 16th. Wow. Okay. And when is this? When is the top 16 match play? When is that tomorrow? tomorrow. All tomorrow. All tomorrow. Two blocks then- tomorrow. Twelve. And that, sh- that show is on Saturday. Saturday, three thirteen, two p.m. on Big Fox, Rob. Okay, so that that's the big show. That's the big major on Saturday. Right. Then you have the double show, three fourteen, three p.m. on FS1. Okay. Oh, that's still going on. The doubles. Yeah, the doubles match play is Friday. Oh, I don't know. Friday, still going. Saturday. I didn't know. Yeah, Friday. I didn't see. I didn't see anything on the website, so I, I thought they canceled it. No, the schedule's there. The schedule's there. The standings aren't there, though. I'm just being an ass, Mike. And the pairings aren't there either. So, And no, then, Rob, no. 315, 316, 317, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, okay? 8 p.m. for all, FS1 for all, Cheetah Championship, Chameleon Championship, Scorpion Championship. The top 16 of those events are going to be conducted earlier in the day on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And, Rob, we have an announcement for our fans tonight, uh, and that announcement is Thanks, that Rob. we are going to do an extra show this week, mm-hmm. okay, uh, Sunday night, 8 p.m., all right, after the World Championship, after the doubles show, okay, both of those will be done, they'll be conducted and over, we will wrap those up, we'll discuss those, come back with us Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here, we'll wrap up those shows with you. And then we're going to do our preview for the three pattern tournaments. Yes, Rob? Yeah, there's too much to uh, wait to Wednesday to get on the air and talk about because of all the shows. And so we figured we'd come on Sunday night, see, see what you know is going on, uh, let you people know how the shows are, give us some thoughts, feedback, hop on, talk to us. So, yeah, just you know, for an hour or so, we'll talk Sunday night, and hopefully everybody could come in and join in and, you know, uh, Give your feedback on what what how the shows went for you guys. 
Uh, Jimmy from the Ring in 10 says the players didn't even have the double standings for a while. It's what I heard too, Jimmy. It's what I heard well, too. Well, you know, you know what, Jimmy? Here's what I want to say about that, okay? Where is the players' committee? All right? The PBA has a players' committee that, you know, it's where the double me, standings are. No, I'm still like, <laughs> where's the players' committee to, uh, to address some of these issues with the PBA or to go and question uh, the PBA's leadership on some of these issues? The president know? of the players' committee, is that Brad? Or Kyle, is that I'm Kyle not Sherman? Sure. I'm not sure. I don't listen. I'm not calling anybody out. Like I'm not saying that because it's a particular person. I'm just saying, if I'm a PBA player, that's who I expect to go and work out some of these issues. You know, but Jimmy, I hear you. I understand. You know, I I, I don't understand why we can't get. And I said this earlier. Why we can't get a clickable link on the front page for like the biggest events of the year? It's ridiculous. So, yeah, it's a good question. Where the players committee because. It seems like the players do have a, a lot of uh, concerns. And like, okay. what I want to know is, is if they are speaking up, right? Does that mean that the leadership doesn't give a shit, or are these guys just, you know, not not quick to speak up because uh, I don't know, perhaps perhaps they think their opinions aren't valued, or where I don't know, whatever the reason might be. Okay, no. but to me, that's that's kind of what their role should be. All right, uh, all right, Rob. So we gave everybody the rundown. We gave everybody the schedule. Uh, is it time, Rob? It's time for our favorite segment of the week. The people love it. We love it. I know the internet loves it. Let's do it. I, I just love the graphic, honestly. Dude, it's hilarious. Okay, Mike, I got I got to start worst of the week this week because I, I I just saw this post come across in the last couple hours. Mike, fresh off the gift that keeps on giving. I I, I got yelled at. I'm still look. I'm still part of the message group. Thankfully, uh, Tim Buck didn't kick me off the group last week. I appreciate it, Tim. Uh, the Hall of Famer, the GOAT, the legend. So congrats to uh, – let me see if I could find this post here because for some reason now it's not here. Um, oh, Mike, I freaking don't have the post anymore. Mike, do you have your post? Well, let me find this, and then I'll come back. Where uh, is this? I do. I, ha I have mine ready to go. Do you want me to go? Okay. Yes, go, because I got to find this again. For some reason, it's not on my okay, Facebook so, here. So my, I'll be on my worst of the week this week. Uh, it comes from the 900 Global Message Board. Okay. Okay. Comes from the 900 Global Board. Uh, and and I got to say, it's like, it's not, it, it's, it's not Hall of Fame worst of the week worthy, right? But I, I picked this one to have a certain discussion, okay? And to, to point out something, uh, a common misconception about, in, in the in the uh, bowling community at large, right? So here's the post. It's by Ken Rule. Ken Rule, congratulations. Congratulations. Congrats, Ken. Worst of the week winner on Sweet the Rack here. He's ruling uh, this he, week. He posts the following, okay? Sold my wife C4 and bought her a Zen today. Huge difference. I see her scores coming way up 
real soon. And is you that know what the that's what the expectation is now when you get a new ball. And that's it, right? Yo, you right. hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. Like that when I read that post, I thought, man, you know, that post is a is a a stereotypical right? cliche. You hundred percent cliche, like because God uh, forbid, be cringe. It was so cringy. Like no, yeah. no. Like yes, I understand, and I get that way of thinking in the bowling community. But no, no, like no. that's not what produces good scores. Maybe no. for a game here or a game there. But if you really want good scores, you'd be much better off not no, buying that new bowling ball and going and investing your money in some lessons with a with a well-trained professional in your area. You know, Mike, uh, it's crazy, you know, man. Mark Baker is giving virtual lessons, right? So yeah. like you could like there's no excuse now for you to go not get a lesson. That's the problem with the sport, and this is a whole nother can you know can of worms where we could open right now. But people don't want to invest money in their physical game, and they don't want to invest money in their mental game. All they want to do is invest money in their physical uh, their their equipment game. Right? Three aspects of the sport: physical, mental, and equipment. Technical, right? Everyone wants to spend so much money on the quick fix they think is a technical where you get a new ball and your scores go up, but they don't want to work hard and spend their money on their physical and on their mental, okay? That's plain and simple. It's, and it's they, just, they see it the quick way out. It's just stupid. It's so stupid that, like, we allowed this type of thinking to take over the game. It is. Okay. It's, that's the whole bowling. That's a bowling bowl industry. No, it's that's so stupid. Like we're so stupid for allowing this to happen because it is. really, it is. what this this idea has contributed to why there are no bowlers who really take the game that seriously or want to get better or like want to compete right. at higher levels because they're all just looking for the for the ball. Quick fix. Yeah, quick to fix. do it, and oh uh, well. If I didn't score well, it's the ball. Well, right, it's no, the quick fix. It's the easy way out. And if you don't bowl good and you suck, it's easy to blame the bowling ball. And if you bowl, and if you're not bowling good, it's easy to buy a new bowling ball to try to get better instead of actually investing the time and money in the actual things that help you become a better bowler, which is practice, bowling tournaments. Yo. Oh my god, and mental. Yo, um, Rob, you just described. My homie that I bowl with on Tuesday nights in my sport league usually shout, shout to no shout to Mike D if he's listening I know he listens Mike sometimes. D the ladies' choice is that from uh, the Beastie Boys Mike D uh, yeah but listen yeah. yo I gotta say Rob yeah he like he could be throwing it horribly I mean horribly and his solution is just grab another ball just oh, grab yeah, don't another for, ball hey, and find a ball that works don't forget the handicap too because you know. You know, your average 160, and then you buy a new bowling ball, and then you bowl a handicap tournament, and you win all the money. Yeah, but David, David, you're in the chat saying ball doesn't make the bowler, but that's why I highlight that post, because the majority of bowlers think you're wrong. Right. And that's the problem. Well, well Dave Pekow's old school, man. Dave Pekow knows that, dude. My, my guy's a player, dude. He, he didn't need it. He had one ball. That was it. An Omega. Okay. Strike for a year with that ball. All right, let me get to my worst of the week because oh, you found it. Oh, good. I'm glad. Found it. I'm glad I was able to carry the show for long enough that you actually you found it. Good. You were. You sh you carry the show every week, Mike. What could I Thank say? You. I appreciate that. So, congratulations to the gift that keeps on giving the USBC message boards to Joseph Savoda, who asked a question to the group, and the question was, 
okay, I can't find the post, but I was wondering something. There was a post on Facebook earlier where some bowlers were throwing the ball blindfolded. What exactly does that do with their game? Is it something that is done a lot? Thanks. <laughs> I'm only driven up scene of kickboxer with Van Dam and he's he, with no blood sport, right? When he's at the dinner table and he's serving and he's blindfolded, right? Mike. I got to go try to practice when I go to bowling center this week. I'm going to get my blindfold, Mike. I am practicing blindfolded, kid. Do people it's gonna actually be... do that? Van Dam did it in Bloodsport. I mean, dude, kind of Daredevil. The purpose of looking at the target, man. Jedi training. Dude, think about it. Imagine two-handed, right? And then after two-handed, the revolution is now blindfolded bowling. So now, like, the next up-and-comer bowls blindfolded, Mike. Winning, winning majors doesn't even, doesn't even know what's going Just Anyway, I, I can't Where make this at? stuff up, Robert. Where <laughs> we're at, I mean. Every week on a house shot, people bowl with blindfolded. Some of the, with some of the 300 videos that I see out there, Rob, it wouldn't surprise me if that's where we're headed, where you just Dude, put the blindfold, blindfold on and go up there and throw it. And Wait. What is this comment? What is that supposed to mean? What is that supposed? I don't know what that means, but hey, I'm not I'll, touching that. I don't know what that means. I'm not touching that. Um, dude. Anyway, so that is our worst of the week. It was a good one. All right, Rob, uh, we're going to wrap it up here for the people. A lot of bowling over the next few days. Uh, World Championship match play, doubles match play, World Championship show Saturday, 2 p.m. Big Fox, double show 3 p.m. FS1 Sunday, uh, sweep the rack 8 p.m. Sunday night. Okay. And yeah, a lot of bowling, man. A lot of bowling to watch. Yeah, uh, I wish there was more of a um, a way to watch the bowlers that I want to watch. I think that's my final thought. Is it seems like a lot of my time on flow bowling is spent clicking on pairs, trying to find people that I want to watch. Uh, it's a it's a little bit better now that there's actually names on the bottom where you could see actually who's bowling bowling at what time and if you know you're cross then you could kind of click but that's i guess the, the the fun of the least the final pairs is now at least i get to watch some of the bowlers that i want to watch because i don't have to watch the whole qualifying field so a lot of bowling uh definitely not going to be able to check out everything live so when that happens i shut my social media off and i record it and then i watch it <laughs> because you know if i do check social media uh, it'll be a quick spoiler so yeah uh Look, yo, Chayton, look. Chayton Peterson is asking in the chat who Lisa Renee is. It's me. It's me. It's my wife's Facebook account. Why? I'm not on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, he uses his Facebook. He uses his wife's Facebook because he's he he can't have his own Facebook account. Can't because he he gets into fights with everybody. I actually banned. can I can I tell a story real quick? I actually started a burner on Facebook because there's local community stuff going on that I have to I have to be involved in. <laughs> 
and my wife uh my wife gets mad at me for posting under her name because I get into these like yeah, yeah, these sure. heated discussions. So I started a burner Facebook, no picture, no nothing, just the name John. I think it was yeah, I'm not even gonna give it the name. I'm not even gonna Don't give it because I'm gonna request you as a friend. Oh, yeah, I'm not I'm not no, no, no. That listen to where the story's going. So I got into it so heatedly with a couple people on my local community Facebook uh, page that they reported the page as a fake page. And now Facebook won't let me back on it until, uh, <laughs> until I prove that it's me. But the funny part is that I actually have a friend who has the same name that I used. So if I really want to, I can hit this person up and be like, yo, send me a picture of your ID so I can use it to get back on the Facebook. Dude, why but, don't you just put why don't you just go in your own name and just be an adult and actually have reasonable like conversations with people? Is it that hard, Mike? Yo, somebody in the ch- yo, somebody in the chat is referring to one of my, the local Facebook pages that's wild around my area. No, Anthony, it's not that one, actually. It's not that one. Uh it's it's a it's a different one, but that's that one. I'm, I already got booted off of that one, even under my wife's name. I got booted off of that one because Dude, you you with burners. I have to find out your burner name. You know, does it have does it start with a Z and end with a B? Is that your new burner? No, no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> I would have. That's awesome. Not at all. Okay, okay. So well, well, I know. Well, listen, I took a page out of Dave's book, honestly. That's who. That's who gave me the idea to do get like get a couple burners on Facebook for this for these community page things because uh, yeah he like he had so many burners I kept hitting them up like yo is this you and this is you and that's you and this is you and I was like how do you start all these Facebooks bro and he's like oh you just you know he gave me the details on I was like okay no problem so no listen I'm done I'm done you know I said my piece it, Rob is right I need to I need to just like. I need to stay. I can't. I can't. Uh... <laughs> oh, my God. And, yo, Anthony, you have no All idea. Right. Look, yo, let's we, just you, go. You I should, you should private message jokes. me. Private message me. Yeah, private hit him up with a DM. Um, All right, yo, people, peace. Enjoy the bowling. Best week in bowling's wrapping up. Enjoy the bowling. 100%. See you guys. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.